Are you ready to unlock the true potential of your body and mind? Introducing Analemma Coherent Water, a revolutionary new way to improve your health and well-being. Analemma has been clinically proven to significantly increase ATP levels. These are the mitochondrial energy of your body. It significantly improves your gut health by improving the state of your microbiome and provides up to 12 years of biological age rejuvenation within three months of drinking this water. Imagine having more energy, a healthier gut, a clearer mind, and a youthful body. With Analemma water, it all stops being a dream. Take the first step towards unlocking your true potential. Try Analemma water and revolutionize your life. Visit coherent-water.com. Every purchase comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. You can literally taste the difference risk-free. Go to coherent-water.com. Don't forget to put in the code GENIUS10 to get some money off. Join the water revolution. Again, go to coherent-water.com and put in the code GENIUS10 for a discount. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. So today I have an unusual guest, Susan S. Bratton. She's going to talk about sexual wellness and intimacy. She's an expert CEO and a co-founder of what's called Personal Life Media and The 20 LLC. So we're going to talk about how to have a better love life in whatever context you happen to be in or whatever relationship you happen to be in. So, Susan, thanks for coming. How are you doing? Richard, I am fantastic. I just got back from my workout, and I'm planning a video shoot in Hawaii, so I'm excited to go to Hawaii some in the month of March. And life is good, man. Life is really good. Thank you. Especially because I get to do things like have Richard Jacobs ask me questions. That doesn't stink. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> and I was going to joke and say, I don't know if it's a very sexy topic, but uh, actually it is. Sometimes it's not, but at this time it definitely should be. Tell me about your uh, background and what led you to be interested in, uh, you know, human sexuality and wellness. Well, I think I was always interested in sexuality, but I felt that it had eluded me. I never quite felt until I was in my early 40s that sex was lived up to its fame or its reputation for me. I always wondered. There were even moments in my life where I thought in a paranoid way, what if everybody's lying? It's really not good. It turns out no one was lying. Some people really get lucky and they have great sex and others of us struggle to have great sex sometimes our whole lives. But luckily, I had a very, very good career in the Silicon Valley and my husband and I were married for over a decade when we realized that our relationship had really become more platonic. Much to his chagrin, Richard. It wasn't uh, for lack of trying to get me in the sack, you know. He did everything he could think of except turn himself inside out. Biologically, I think, I mean, you know, I'm about to be 48, so I think I'm realizing this. I think a problem is that men seem to, you know, want sex just about their whole lives. But women, when they get to be, it looks like in their 40s and up, especially, I guess, if they have children, they don't seem to want to very much. And so it's like... What does a couple do if they are in that circumstance? And I wonder how common that is. Well, I think it's common, but I don't think it's biological. I think it's societal, cultural, and a lack of information. 
And I think it ruins women's sex drive because essentially I have this construct where I talk about the difference between the matriarchal way of lovemaking and the patriarchal way of lovemaking. And everything that you see in the media, whether it's pornography or movies or television, magazines, etc., really depicts what I would call the patriarchal view of sex. You know, there's a difference between the homo sapien that is XX and the homo sapien that is XY chromosome, the XY being the male-bodied penis owner, <laughs> as we experts say, so that we can be as gender neutral as possible in today's world of inclusivity. And if you think about the male body, he's testosterone dominant, where the female body is estrogen dominant. And he gets up every morning and has a bath of testosterone that hopefully, if he's healthy, wakes him up with morning wood. And then he's biologically driven, and this is biology, to masturbate on a daily basis or, you know, not doesn't have to be every every day, but most men do on average three to five times a week masturbate to keep their semen topped up so that they are ready to procreate when she's ready because she's the inscrutable feminine. And of course, men watch a lot of porn when they masturbate, so their eyes and their minds are filled with all of this kind of sex that's been filmed to help them with their masturbatory practice. And it's not really what women are looking for in the bedroom. So then they think that's what sex is. You know, what is sex education these days? Porn. I mean, it's that's how kids are getting their information. It's it's really a travesty. It's exacerbating the problem, the distance that's growing between the male and the female and what we want. And you look at a woman, and there's one more thing about the man that, you know, he has a lot of sexual competitive advantages, one of them being that he has fast acting hemodynamics. The erectile tissue in the penis, you know, the penis really works on blood flow and it flows into the penis quickly. Those chambers, the corpus cavernosum and spongiosum, are straight shots. It's super easy to get a lot of blood to flow into them very quickly. So he's very quick to have his erection. So he's ready to go. He's already horny. He's full of testosterone. He's got a heart on. He's ready to go. You take your average female. She's on a 28-day moon cycle. She, even after menopause, she could have sex any time, but her erectile tissue systems are like nooks and crannies. We have as much erectile tissue in our vulva. We have three erectile tissue systems. We have the urethral, the perineal, and the clitoral systems. And, you know, a lot of people think about the clitoris, the, the seat of pleasure of the female, as this little button. But in fact, that's the tip of the iceberg. If I took a clitoris out and put it in your hand, it would cover your palm. And that's only one of the three erectile tissue systems. But they're all buried in the vulva in these nooks and crannies. I, I hope you never do that, by the way. But yeah. <laughs> I'd like to look at one. I'd like to be in those dissection labs and see the clitoral heads and the bodies and the legs and the arms, the croras and the vestibular bulbs. It would be fascinating to me. I'm, I'm a nerdy girl and I like anatomy. But, you know, all those nooks and crannies, it takes her 20 minutes to have her erectile tissue systems filled with blood. And, and frankly, the speed of intercourse of most couples is probably only three to five minutes. And so so she's never in her life potentially achieved 
full erection before she's been penetrated. And so this is what happened. I didn't get to finish my story of, of, you know, how did I get into this? It's my second career. I've been doing it for two decades. I'm now in my 60s. And, you know, I, I was penetrated by my husband for over a decade without ever having an orgasm. And I didn't want to do it anymore. And I said, I don't want to get divorced, but I'm not happy you're not happy. Let's fix this. And we started, we went to therapy, but really what helped us was going to sex workshops and understanding how to transform. What I like to say I do is I transform having sex into making love. I slow everything down for people. I move them away from this, the construct that is in our society today of there's foreplay and there's sex and sex means intercourse. And instead I like, I'm always widening and opening and expanding the playing field for people. This is what I like to do is I like to reframe things. I like to say, okay, he might be ready to go, but he's got to turn around and slow down and get her. He's got to get her to the level of arousal that he already is naturally by being in his male body, that she's not just because she's in a female body. And I want women equally to understand that there's nothing wrong with them, that they're not, their libido is not broken. That, yes, in fact, they can have 20 different kinds of orgasms, and they can definitely orgasm from intercourse without any additional interventions of clitoral touch, direct stimulation, etc. But women think, oh, it's just me. I can't have an orgasm from intercourse. You know, and then he's like, well, I guess she can't, but let's just keep doing it anyway. And every time you have intercourse with a partner who doesn't have an orgasm from it, you're putting another brick in the wall of your future, low libido, lack of sex, frustration with each other, platonic relationship, etc. And so I think it's really, thank you for allowing me to come on and talk about this. I hope that it's cathartic for many of your listeners who are like, oh, wow, I never really thought about the fact that my arousal takes 20 minutes, my partner's takes two, and we've been just having sex so fast, too fast for me to achieve my maximum orgasmic pleasure potential. Wow, let's slow it down. Oh, okay. You're saying that intercourse is great, but there's so much more than just a little kiss, a little peck, a little, I call it grab a breast and stick it in. That's that's not what we need. And so when our partners don't understand this about us, they're really just driving the nails into the coffin of a dead sex life. And that's why I want to expand people's understanding that you have to go on the rhythm of the feminine, not the masculine. The, fa the masculine's too fast at sex. At well, it makes sense. But uh, and also, like, personally, you know, without getting into details, if, if things go very quickly, it's not as satisfying as if they go slow. Exactly. You know, too slow, obviously, that's no good. But too fast is no good either, I've noticed. Yes. Um, if we can, to go back to porn for a minute, how have you seen that affects uh, marriages, flows, and relationships in general, whether it's boyfriend, girlfriend, you know? Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, 
the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. Gay couple, whatever, whether they're married, whether they're not, long-term, you know, what, what have you seen the effects of? I would put gay couples in an entirely different category. It's so interesting. I've got a lot of gay friends. I go on a lot of gay podcasts. I am the daughter of a gay man. He was a closeted gay man, but I am the daughter of a gay man. And you put two dudes in a room, they're totally different. <laughs> they both have testosterone. They've got both. They both have fast acting hemodynamics. The thing, when I talk to gay men, I really am talking to them about how to connect their hearts to their appendages because gay sex can be very transactional. And if you talk to a lot of people in the gay community, they are looking for more now. They are evolving to look for more heart connection. But if you talk about heterosexual couples, you are really talking about you're seeing a lot of men who are becoming, quote unquote, addicted to porn, who have dopamine issues, who are crabby and grumpy, and they feel like that's their only avenue. They're dissatisfied with the sex in their relationship. You see a lot of young men who are interested in doing the things that are depicted in porn. And it's almost like they have a checklist of, oh, I've got to do this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. And these are not the things that if you asked the females in their age range, what would you like to do? What kind of sex would you like to have? That none of the things that the young guys want to do would be on their list because the females often aren't watching porn and they're not getting these ideas in their head. And they want love and touch and sweetness and romance and oral pleasuring. They want to have orgasms from intercourse. They want to look deeply into each other's eyes. And the young men, being having been grown up on porn, you know, they're just like wham, bam, thank you, man, tra transactional, very, well, you know, Time Magazine a couple of years ago did uh had an article about pornography and a researcher took 350 random samples of porn clips and it realized that 96% of them showed acts degrading to women. So there's porn is driving a wet, even if, even if a guy doesn't have dopamine problems, addictions to porn, et cetera, uh, where they, where they can't even be with a real woman anymore. Most of them are, are just really missing the boat on having heart-connected, loving experiences. Are you ready to unlock the true potential of your body and mind? Introducing Adalema Coherent Water, a revolutionary new way to improve your health and well-being. Adalema has been clinically proven to significantly increase ATP levels. These are the mitochondrial energy of your body. It significantly improves your gut health by improving the state of your microbiome and provides up to 12 years a biological age rejuvenation within three months of drinking this water. Imagine having more energy, a healthier gut, a clearer mind, and a youthful body. With Analemma water, it all stops being a dream. Take the first step towards unlocking your true potential. Try Analemma water and revolutionize your life. Visit coherent-water.com. Every purchase comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. You can literally taste the difference risk-free. Go to coherent-water.com don't forget to put in the code GENIUS10 to get some money off. Join the water revolution. Again, go to coherent 
genius-water.com and put in the code genius10 for a discount. So I think porn's creating a lot of problems. I was listening to somebody recently talk about the fact that his little girl was, I don't know, sitting in her high chair watching some superhero thing, like some some little superhero show on YouTube on her daddy's phone. And all of a sudden there was something that was pornographic that was like the next video that played. And he was like, what are you looking at? How did we get here? It was, you know, dressed up in some superhero costume doing some sordid thing. And so it's very hard to escape our cultural influences. And a lot of guys have lost their ability to even gain an erection because they're so addicted to porn. Uh, so there, there truly is. Why? No, because problem. their interests become so specific that unless that thing is happening, like, I don't know, a woman wearing cowboy boots and smoking a cigarette, they, they can't even get aroused? Is that why it happens? It's more and more hardcore porn that actually they have to end up watching because they get their dopamine receptors blown out. It's like being addicted to anything. You need more and more of it to get off. That's what happens. And there is also, because of pornography, a kind of oh splintering of fetish. And one of the things that I've noticed recently is that all the 30-year-olds are into shibari right now. Do you know what shibari is? No, it is a it is Japanese rope bondage, and they all want to have someone tie them up, tie them up in knots and string them up, hog tie them and string them up. And I mean, I'm not denigrating shibari as an art, as a craft, as a, an experience of surrender. But for a lot of people, when I ask them, when I ask 35-year-olds, so what's on, I have this thing called the sex life bucket list. And I'd like to return to that in a second and, and explore it a little bit more with you if you're willing. But when I ask younger people, the 35s, what's on your sex life bucket list? What do you want to do next? What, what's kind of the next thing for you? All of a sudden, everybody wants to get hogtied. They want to get sh- they want to get strung up in ropes. Wait, is this the man that wants this or the man wants the woman to be tied up? It's primarily females being tied up by males, but it's... Not exclusive to that. There are, okay. as a matter of fact, the most famous Shibari artist is a woman named Midori. So she teaches the art of Japanese rope bondage. But I just think it's so interesting that I would expect a 35-year-old woman to say to me, I would love to fall in love and have the most incredible surrendered pleasure with my lover. I'd like to explore my orgasmic potential. I'd like to have incredible pleasure. I'd like to feel body confidence. I'd like to just have the most spiritual, transcendent, orgasmic bliss together with someone. But that's not what they say. What they say is, oh, I'm really, I'm looking for a partner to tie me up and do shibari. <laughs> and that could, honestly, Richard, it could be a San Francisco Bay Area phenomenon more than anything else. But really, I do talk to people all over the world. One of the things that's great about what I do is that I have an email tips newsletter and anybody who's on it can reply to any email and ask me any question. And I think that's what's given me a wide purview across all kinds of cultures all over the world of people from every age and where they are with their sexuality. Have you ever done any like sexual anthropology, like go to a bondage session and watch or go to a porn session and watch like a filming? Have you ever done that? Yeah, I've done all of those things. 
Oh, that sounds really interesting. I mean, to hear about, like, what have you observed when you did that? Well, what I've observed is that they're like any shoot. There's a set list and there's a production team and they're working on camera angles and it's just something that you're creating to give a visual experience that is your goal. So there's an objective and an outcome and specific characters and they're blocked and it's like a stage production. The same with the shibari. It's an attention to the rigging and the knots and the tying it's also a display of surrender and what that's like. I mean, you're literally getting tied up. You you can't move. Your arms are pinned or you're half upside down and, you know, you're wrapped in ropes and knots. So people who listen to this and do Shibari will say, Susan Bratton doesn't know what she's talking about because this is an incredibly sensual interplay of two people who are learning to trust and surrender together. And I'm open to that being a very reasonable outcome for something like a Shibari session, but it's not my style. It's not what I like to do or teach. What I focus on is three things. It's really technique. It's learning pleasuring skills. I like to give people specific step-by-step -step instructions to increase the pleasure they can create with themselves or co-create with a partner. I like to teach people communication skills, sensual talk, dirty talk, adoration, appreciation, encouragement, reward. This I literally talk to people and say the words so that they can hear them and use them themselves. I literally write verbatims that people can memorize and then refine and make their own in the bedroom. And I like to teach people how to have ageless sexuality. I like to teach people that if you take care of your body, including your genitals, you can have sex your whole life long, and that the longer you go having sex, the better it can get, the better lover you become, and that in your older age, the sex is just incredible if you use regenerative treatments and learn how to turn back the clock on aging. So I leave the shibari to the 35s and hope that someday they will realize that there's more than just, to me, that's what would I call it? I would call it acting. I would call it in some ways, it, it's performative. It's like okay. to me, it's performative. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask you is, have you ever like interviewed or asked porn stars, men and women, you know, how do they feel about the experience? What's it like to them? It's a job. They enjoy it. It's fun. They like to be in sex. They feel good at sex. But it's a whole different world. It's almost like the difference between, you know, there's just all these niches. There's the poly people. There's the lifestyle people. There's monogamous people. And each one of these groups has their rules and guidelines and the way they do things. And they do them because that's what appeals to them. So... For me, I like to talk to the people who are doing things that are heart connected. I'm an, what I call, I jokingly call myself an orgasmonaut. I go to the far reaches of orgasmic pleasure and come back with a map to the territory. I'm more interested in teaching you how to enhance your pleasure with your partner than I am in talking to porn stars about their sex life. Yeah, I was just curious about that perspective, but I, I understand. Yeah. 
what are the questions, wishes, desires that are very common that people come to you with for help on? Probably the number one thing that people come to me with is libido disparity. I, how do I get my wife to initiate sex? That's number one. Number two is my libido is gone. I'm not turned on. I don't want sex with my partner. My husband is what the feminine tells me. I mean, I think that's the most common. And then the younger guys and some older guys are starting to talk about, okay, how do I, a lot of men come to me and ask me about how do I last longer? Stamina. That's a big one for men. One in four men don't have the stamina they wish they had. A lot of women are finally coming to me and saying, yeah, I'm one of those people you talk about that doesn't have orgasms from intercourse. You tell me that it's a limiting belief that I can't and that I can how do I do it? Equally, women are interested in, I would like to experience G-spot awakening and female ejaculation. You say that all women can. How do I do it? That's a common question that I get. And, and I also get a lot of questions from men who want to know more about male multiple orgasm. How do I have full body energy orgasms? I've heard of this Taoist practices. Does it require semen retention? How does it work? And also men are starting to be interested in prostate orgasms. How does that work? What do I do? What's it like? That's another area of expertise that I think. And then finally, a lot of people come to me for enhancement, male enhancement first. How do I make my penis larger? Is there a pill I can take? No, there's no pill you can take, but you can use a vacuum erection device. Okay, how does that work? Here's my pumping guide. Go get that. And for women... I think it's how do I have more consistency of orgasmic response? How do I how do I have better orgasm? How do I go from my one and done to being a multi-orgasmic woman? What does that look like? And then I, I talk about my orgasmic cross-training recommendations, how you can teach your body to have many different kinds of orgasms. So the questions are changing over time. People are becoming more open, experimental. They're looking to chase their pleasure together which I, I'm really happy about. And that's only been, some of those last questions have only really been in the last few years that people have been starting to ask. Do you deal with both partners or none at all? Would you deal with one? And let's say the man wants to introduce something to the, the sex act or the lovemaking process, probably better said. And the woman's like, uh, I don't know about that. Or, you know, what if one partner wants to do something different and they're afraid the other partner will freak out or look down on them or think they're a freak or who knows. That's a very common question too. I'm glad you asked that one. That was a good one. That's a common a common thing. And there's really two pieces to that. The answer to that is number one, getting your relationship, your bedroom life to the point if you're lucky enough to have a partner. You know, so many people are frustrated with their partners and I'm like, are you aware of how many single people there are out there with so much love to give in their hearts that are so lonely and you have someone? and you're squandering your relationship by being pissy at them or withholding your love or not having good communication, my God, you've got a responsibility here. It's another human's life, you know? <laughs> so that's one reframe I often give. And the second one is get your bedroom communication going so that you can ask for what you want and talk about anything. That makes it a lot easier to bring up some of your additional desires. And when you bring up your additional desires, then it's just more of a conversation. It's more part of the conversation flow. You can't go from, we don't even moan during sex to, 
I want you to give me anal. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's a big leap. <laughs> so you have to start small by really getting your partner to open up and feel super comfortable telling you anything, asking you for anything, and tuning into their body and sharing what's going on with them at all times. One of the my best books that I think that I give away for free is it's a book that I have to call Dirty Talk because that's what people call it. But I don't like that term. It's at dirtytalkbook.com. And really what it is, is pillow talk, sensual talk, encouragement, words of adoration, appreciation, noticing what's going on and saying it out loud. Uh, moaning as a, as essential biofeedback to give your partner the cues that they need to do a better job pleasuring you. Teaching you all those kinds of things is very important. And a part of what that also entails is sharing fantasies. And when a couple has a really good verbal and communicative sex life, they are able to share fantasies. And when you have something that you want, let's just go back to, I want to try anal because it's so, you know, it's so everywhere in porn that everybody wants to do it. You know, now 25-year-old young men are like, I got to do anal. How do I get it done? You know, it's like, that's your checklist from porn, dude. Why don't you learn how to actually use your penis in a vagina first and do a really good job of helping your woman have an orgasm before you start <laughs> trying to check anal off your list, you know? But sharing your fantasies, oh, you know, I've, I've had this fantasy of having this experience. I wonder what it would feel like. And I'd really like to try it. I'm, I'm afraid of hurting you, but I wouldn't. And we could be communicative and it would be fun to check it off our bucket list. And I'm imagining that it would really feel good to you and you would really enjoy it. You know, like there's a whole way to approach anything that you want to try, even if it seems far off or taboo by sharing it as a fantasy. We don't have to do it. I'm just letting you know what's on my mind and some of the scenes that are playing in my mind. I'm not pressuring you. I'm educating you about what's going on with me and things that are turning me on. So I really like those approaches. Get all the communication and the moaning and the biofeedback and the adoration going and then start doing the fantasy sharing. And that's a great way to begin to bring up some of the things that you'd like to try. The other so, piece, can I add one more little thing? Oh, sure, sure, go ahead. Um, the other piece of it is that I, I create for, for couples that have pretty good communication, one of the things they want for me is not just technique, but ideas for what I like to call erotic playdates. Erotic playdates is one of the things that helps with that very first issue when you ask what are the what are the things that people are struggling with, and that is, you know, I have a higher drive than my partner. The chances are you don't. It's just that your partner isn't hasn't been having as satisfying an experience as you have had. So how do we get your partner to have a more satisfying experience so that they want to have sex with you? When guys say to me, I want her to initiate, I say, let that go. It's just pretend it's not her job. It's only your job. You do that. You know how she does the dishes or does the cooking and you take out the trash or, you know, kill the bugs or whatever it is. Like it's a divide and conquer thing here sexually. You do the initiation, but let me teach you how to initiate sex teaching you how to initiate sex is making her a lot of small offers. You've been offering her intercourse. That's too big. She's not where you are. She's not She's not all the way out there. You got to turn around and come back and get her. You got to make her smaller offers. You want a foot rub? Could you want me to hold you? Let's do sensual massage. Can I take some beautiful pictures of you? You got to get her in the mood. That's that's the job of the masculine. That's masculine sexual leadership. It's just biologic. That's kind of how we are. It's not 
always that way, but I'm always working with the big curve, the big bell curve in the middle, you know, most people. But for the couples that have good communication, but they they want to learn skills, then I have the sex life bucket list. And it's 48 erotic play dates. And basically, it's at sexlifebucketlist.com. You can download it. It's a free download. And it gives you 48 ideas for fun things to do in the bedroom. Because what I've found is the couples that have a pretty good sex life and want it to be better, what they're looking for are ideas to have more variety and novelty. Because arousal and turn on and desire is a mathematical equation that's 50% variety and novelty and 50% safety and security. And most couples end up in the groove of doing the same thing over and over and they're stuck in safety and security and they need more novelty and variety. So the way to spice up your relationship is to do new things together and generate that new sexual energy, sexual relationship energy. It keeps the old married people young by trying new things. But what are you going to try? Here's 48 ideas. You go through them and I give you a video and you, your first erotic play date is to watch the video together. And I walk you through what all the 48 ideas are. And you you print out your PDFs. You each have one. And you mark each item A, B, or C. A is, oh, this is definitely going on my bucket list. I remember we wanted to do this and we never did it. B is, well, it wouldn't be on mine, but it, if it's on yours, I'd be willing to try it. C is, it's not for me right now. Never say never you mature. And as you mature, things you used to look at and go, <laughs> Shabari, why would I ever do that? <laughs> now they're like, oh my God, tie me up, you know? So I love that because then you end up with your A's, you merge your A's and then you've got fun things. And you're like, okay, Thursday night, we're going to do the lingerie fashion shoot. Oh, okay. And then next Thursday, we're going to do the Yob Yum sex position. That sounds really fun, you know? And then you're off to the races. How much of an issue is frequency of desire? You know, are there men that want to have sex three times a week and women only once? Is that a problem for couples? Well, that's only because the sex isn't good enough for her. It's not her libido. It's not the way women are wired. A good woman who has great sex, who's healthy, wants as much sex as her male-bodied partner. Unless she's tired or sick, you know, those are definitely issues. Your libido is the other side of the same coin as your health. So if your health is, you know, for me personally, my libido is the indicator of my health. If I'm horny and I want sex because I have great sex with my husband, then I know I'm in I'm in good health. And, and if I'm tired, I don't feel well or I'm, I've just got stitches or, you know, whatever. I'm not, I don't want sex. And that's normal. But healthy, equal. People should be equal and should. I know that's a bad word to use, but in general, Women don't have a lower libido than men do. They want as much as men do. It's quality. It's not a quantity. Why? So why, like culturally, are there are there all these jokes? Like you know, I, I view comedians things like that to be reflective of like your you know reality, a deeper reality. You know, like comedians make fun of mother-in-laws, you know, but they also seem to make fun. It's like, oh, not tonight. I, I have a headache. I don't want to. So it does. It seems pervasive that women appear to have less of a sex drive than men, especially as they get older. But it's Why would I perceive that? Why? It's true that women want less sex, but it's not our libido. It's the terrible sex we've been getting. It's the patriarchal sex. It's grab her boob and stick it in. She's not engorged. She didn't have an orgasm. You've had sex with her 15 times and 
she's never come and you have come every time. Why is she going to do the 16th? She's not. She's got a headache. She doesn't want to. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. No, thank you. It's the masculine view of sex and couples are having sex that goes to the way men's bodies want it instead of the way women's bodies need it. That's why she doesn't want sex. So for men, it's more of physical, biological experience. And for women, it's more of an emotional experience, but both can kind of bridge the gap. I don't think that's true. No, I think that there are men who have very transactional sex and there are women who have very transactional sex, but that generally both the male and female would like to have loving, heart-connected, sensual, erotic, sexy sex together. They would like, both would like it to be both satisfying and heart-connected and very erotic. That's true. I wouldn't argue with that classification. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Do you act as counselor or do you act as suggestion provider? What is your role when a couple comes to you for help or someone comes to you for help? So I'm not a therapist. I don't see couples. I don't see individuals. I don't work by the hour. I run two companies and have for 17 years now. The first one is a company called Personal Life Media, and we're a publisher of passionate lovemaking techniques. I've published and written 44 books and programs on heart-connected conscious lovemaking, and that includes techniques, playdates, erotic playdates, communication skills in the bedroom and sexual health and wellness. What I like to do is I like to teach people how to increase their sex span, like our health span, how to have sex, great sex till the day you die. So I publish books and programs. So basically what I do is I create DIY, do it yourself, couples workshop in a box or learn how to do this technique. For example, remember when I was talking to you about how guys wish their women would initiate sex, but we are culturally bred not to. So I'm just like, she's not rejecting you. There's nothing wrong with her. It's not her libido. She wants sex. She wants super sexy, loving, horny, great, erotic, hot sex with you. So you have to make her offers, but you can't offer her intercourse because you're already turned on and she's not there yet. So you have to make her smaller offers. So one of the programs that we have is a program called the Seduction Trilogy. It's at seductiontrilogy.com. There's some free gifts there, including one called More Sex More Often, how to get more sex more often. And that teaches you how to turn around, notice where she is, and make her the offers that allow her to move into and up her arousal ladder to catch up with you. Because once she catches up with you, she's going to go past you and you're going to be like, oh my God, I created a hot little monster. So it's more about just creating the conditions that are right for a woman to surrender to her pleasure with you. And that's what I really like to do. I like to explain to dudes how to get their wives to love having sex with them. And I love to explain to women how to teach their husbands to have the kind of sex they need to want sex with them all the time. <laughs> but I do it through books, programs, audios, videos, ebooks, etc. I don't work one-on-one -on -one with anyone. I just, I like to teach a man to fish. That's what I like to do. Have you heard any like really inspiring or interesting stories or testimonials from couples or people? I have thousands of them. I do a horrible job of publishing them all, but in my in my newsletter, a lot of my newsletters that come out are what we call mailbag. Boy, does that harken back to an old era. That was the pre-email days, but you know, it's kind of like a letter bag. People write to me, ask me a question, 
I solve the problem and then send that email out to my list because people, one of the th things people love about being on my newsletter is that they get to read everybody else's problems and see how I solve them. And so that's what I like to do. Rather than working one-on-one, -on -one, I like to work one to millions because the more that I can help people, the more people that can hear these things, they'll go, oh, she's not rejecting me. Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Oh, this is everybody's problem. I didn't know. It's just so cathartic, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. I want to do it. I want to find out what my sex life bucket list is. Oh, I want to learn how to dirty talk and do pillow talk. You know, as soon as you get to hear about it and talk about it, you're like, oh, it's it's not us. Oh, this is normal. Okay. What do we need to do? <laughs> any, any stories of it come to mind that stick out of you from, you know, these thousands of uh, case studies or testimonials, anything that you know, again, was a really cool or heartfelt or uh, super inspiring story you've heard? Well, I'd say one of the things that, one of the techniques that I offer, which really is kind of like at the core of what I do that I think is so important, because frankly, most people, not that I ignore the people who aren't heterosexual and in, in heterosexual monogamous partnerships, I, I try to be as inclusive as possible, but that's the bulk of my followers are in heterosexual monogamous. And, and I know all the issues they run up against. And this is really where I try to help is how, how do I help the man and the woman have super hot sex that keeps getting better their whole life? And the biggest issue is when women aren't orgasming during intercourse and they're having intercourse over and over again and not orgasming, thinking it's them, he thinks it's her, they give up, but she's still having intercourse with him. And then he's frustrated because she's always trying to scootle out of it. You know, this is the, this is a very classic construct. And one of the techniques that I teach that I give away for free is an update I did on an ancient Taoist technique, which is super good. It solves the two biggest problems that a heterosexual couple has. One is that he doesn't feel like he lasts long enough for her to achieve satisfaction. And she feels like she can't quite ever achieve satisfaction from intercourse. So it's an intercourse technique. It's called thrust in time. And it's at thrustintime.com. And basically, the reason this one is the one that I think of when you ask what's a great story that you got, it's because I've gotten so many emails and DMs from people who tried that technique and it was the first time in their entire relationship or in all of their relationships where he lasted and she had an orgasm or multiple orgasms from intercourse. And when they come in, I can almost know what they're going to be writing about because the subject line or the first thing has so many exclamation points after it. It's what I would consider to be my exclamation point, you know, f free technique. And so it's an interesting thing where it actually uses a 10 count for intercourse. And, you know, intercourse has a lot of, um, a lot of people think about it as like, okay, the vagina is like an inside out penis, but it's not. Yeah, it's a canal. We hear about it as the birth canal, but it, it tents during childbirth and it tents during arousal. But the vagina is more like a little pocket. It's not a long tube necessarily. And a lot of times when couples are having intercourse, in their mind, it's like the penis goes into the tube and it's just this in and out thing. And that's really not necessarily what's going to give her 
satisfaction. And it's definitely what's going to make him not last long enough. So they're doing the thing that isn't going to work for either of them. So one of the things that I teach that's a really simple strategy in this thrust in time is that there's this notion of shallow, slow, short, shallow strokes and long, deep, slow strokes in a 10 count. You start with nine shallow, one deep, eight shallow, two deep, etc. And when you get to four or five, somewhere in there in the middle of it all, she's really going to start feeling a sensation she's never felt before that's going to bring her close to orgasm and possibly and almost always gets her having the first orgasm from intercourse she's ever had. And it helps him last longer. And the you know the notion of unconsciously competent your right. now competence, unjust incompetence, etc. Exactly. You don't have to even do the count anymore. Like you've got it wired into your body. You've got muscle memory. So you start out counting in to yourself, but you end up understanding and feeling the rhythms of her body and being able to move in the shallow versus the deep strokes and making her have all kinds of great orgasms from that. And you can last a lot longer doing that. So that's one of the techniques I think that has some of the most wonderful stories. And mostly it's just, thank God we thought we were broken, you know? <laughs> well, that's funny. I know. It's sweet. Well, yeah, I don't know. What do you see as the the future of sex? Is it, uh, is it headed in a particular direction, you think? Or, is, you know, just as things come up, you're going to answer them and just continue your work going forward? Well, you know, I recently did. I wonder if I have it here. Let me see. I've, I'm sitting. I've got my 2023 sex trends. So I'm always paying attention to trends. I'm seeing things change all the time, like the 35s in their shibari. I love them. God love them. Let, let them get strung up. My number one is orgasmic cross training. The idea that there are 20 kinds of orgasms that the human being can achieve and the 20th one is wild card because I always leave myself an opening, Richard. Orgasmic cross-training is the idea that once you begin to have one kind of orgasm, you can add in others. And both the male and female homo sapien have the ability to have 20 different kinds. So I like people to begin to understand what they are and begin to increment them, put the notches on their gun, if you will. Another big trend is yoni and lingam massage. Yoni being the vulva, lingam being the penis. More and more couples are understanding that engorgement is key to sexual satisfaction, and they are starting to do manual genital massage pleasuring. You know, it used to be that you would say, okay, we're going to kiss for a few minutes, and then I'm going to go down on her, and then I'm going to penetrate her. That was kind of the standard fare for heterosexual couples having sex, with intercourse being like the penultimate achievement. But many people now have these yoni and lingam pleasuring sessions, even just disconnected from any intercourse, just because this activates new neural pathways to the brain, the biggest sex organ, so that you become just more orgasmic throughout all of the other kinds of lovemaking practices that you have. Another thing that I think is a big trend is this notion of intercourse mastery, that it's not just the old in and out, and that that's not going to get you where you need to go, that that intercourse can be a completely 
orgasmic session for both of you the entire time you're connected together. And that's my goal for all humanity, all humanity that wants to have intercourse. Because, <laughs> of course, there's bell curves, you know. You know what? I don't know if you do this, but since you said there's so many different kinds of orgasms, what if you had a program like you call it the Triple Crown? And the goal is for, you know, one or both people to have, let's say, three different kinds of orgasms in the same session yeah, or at least two. That might be really interesting. Yeah, I like that. Triple Crown's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, three is three is a low bar. I think we can do that. <laughs> yeah, just be interesting. So. Yep. Oh, one last question I've got to ask you. What about the role of sex toys, you know, for men and women? I've heard that in some relationships, like the woman becomes dependent on a vibrator or something, or the man becomes dependent on whatever. Do you see that as a problem for couples? Like, should they bring that stuff in or leave it out? Yeah, bring it in. She's only dependent on because he doesn't have enough skill. So she's using it because it's all she has. I recommend for male and female bodied people to orgasmically cross train using different types of sex toys. So for women, air stimulators, vibrators, liquors, G-spot stimulators, and thrusters. And for men, sleeves, prostate stimulators, and penis vibrating perineal penis rings are three really good ones for them. And the more that you use all of them, the more that you're activating different neural pathways to orgasm and expanding your orgasmic potential. You don't become reliant on, or, on, on sex toys to orgasm. They actually make you orgasm better and they make it easier for you to orgasm when you're with a partner. But I also recommend integrating toys into partnered play. They are all additive not detractors to good sex. But if she's relying solely on her vibrator to have an orgasm, that's where there's there's more skill needed. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. There's a similar answer to the other questions, you know, what if the frequency is off? What if there's no desire, et cetera? It's not really that. It's just, you know, if a better job was done, then all those problems would go away. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we're not taught... We have, two, we have some we have some compounded issues in our sexual culture. We ha and this really wraps up the whole conversation very well because you know we started out talking about porn and things. We've got porn in the media that depict this patriarchal sex, and we and we don't do any sex education. We do fear, we do fear education, we do abstinence. We do contraceptive and STI, fear-based sex education, but we don't do any pleasure-based sex education. So there's literally nowhere people can go to learn how to be a fantastic lover with the exception of people like myself, sexperts, authors, program producers, et cetera. And we're completely boxed out of media. We can't be on Instagram. We can't be on Facebook. We can't be on Google. We can't be anywhere. We can't advertise. We get no traffic. We get shut down everywhere we go. Sexologists and any kind of sex educators, we are constantly getting pushed off of all the platforms. So, And we don't want to be in porn because we're the antithesis of porn. We're trying to fix the porn problem by teaching people passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills. <laughs> so it's um it's it's a bad time and place for people like me. Thank God there's podcasts. 
because this may literally, you having me on today, you having the courage to have the curiosity to talk about sexuality, you have done a service to your listeners that they may have literally never heard any about any of these things before. So thank you so much for having me because you are the antidote to all of these problems just by being here today. Yeah. So thank you. You know, they should, maybe they should have uh, like Cialis or Viagra sponsored lingerie. That might be interesting. <laughs> or, or sex toys or something. I think that'd be funny if, Imagine if you were able to get like an endorsement from Viagra, you know, the makers of it and, uh, you know, for your work. I wonder if that, that would be possible. It'd be interesting. Well, probably not me because I spend a lot of my time teaching men how to stop taking Viagra. <laughs> uh, I teach them how to top up their nitric oxide systems. The other company that I have is a sexual vitality supplement company. And I make two things. I make an organic nitric oxide booster that in, that helps with lowering blood pressure and increasing blood flow so you get more flow into your penis it works as well for women getting blood flow to their pelvis for lubrication and engorgement and i also have a daily multivitamin multi-mineral complex with libido botanicals right in it so it's like you're one a day with a little something more those are at the20store.com if you want to check them out so and i'd be happy to send you some richard you know, I'm teaching guys like, okay, you should be able to go down to a micro dose of Viagra as you rebuild your nitric oxide stores, because our nitric oxide declines as we age, just like our hormones do. So at the t by the time you're 50, you have half the nitric oxide production you used to have at 20. And because of all of our soil depletion, the nitrites that used to be in all of our leafy green vegetables and beetroots have been decimated and the nitrites are really no longer there. Nitrites turn into nitrates through bacterial conversion in the, in the mouth. But if you use antibacterial mouthwash and fluoride toothpaste, it doesn't anymore. If you don't do that, but you're taking proton pump inhibitors and acid blockers because you're eating all this processed food, you're, you're not making nitric oxide anymore from your food either. So we've got a, we've got a food dis diminishment. We've got disruptors, essentially nitric oxide production disrupting this, the gastrointestinal system. So that's why there's so many guys that have to have Viagra because they're not producing enough nitric oxide. Oh, very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Well, there's a lot more to talk to you about, but we're out of time. But I think we got a really good uh, coverage of a lot of issues. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Would you mind just recapping the various resources for listeners just in case they missed it? Oh, God, what did I talk about? Sexlifebucketlist.com, thrustintime.com, pumpingguide.com. I think those were the three. And then also, you can find me on Instagram at Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N-B-R-A-T-T-O-N. And I also have a website, betterlover.com, that's has hundreds of videos on things like yoni and lingam massage and a lot of the passionate lovemaking techniques and all that kind of stuff that might be of interest to you as well. So there's many places you could, I'm easy to find. You can just Google me and my websites eventually come up. <laughs> okay, well, excellent. Well, again, Susan, thanks so much for coming on this podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Are you ready to unlock the true potential of your body and mind? Introducing Adalema Coherent Water, a revolutionary new way to improve your health and well-being. Adalema has been clinically proven to significantly increase ATP levels. These are the mitochondrial energy of your body. This significantly improves your gut health by improving the state of your microbiome 
and provides up to 12 years of biological age rejuvenation within three months of drinking this water. Imagine having more energy, a healthier gut, a clearer mind, and a youthful body. With Analemma water, it all stops being a dream. Take the first step towards unlocking your true potential. Try Analemma water and revolutionize your life. Visit coherent-water.com. Every purchase comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. You can literally taste the difference risk-free. Go to coherent-water.com. Don't forget to put in the code GENIUS10 to get some money off. Join the water revolution. Again, go to coherent-water.com and put in the code GENIUS10 for a discount. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.